Hey there. Welcome to Processing the Process podcast. My name is Ness, and I know life can be pretty overwhelming. So that's why we talk anxiety, inner child healing, trauma, self-love, and everything in between. Here we learn how to chill the hell out, savor our food, process our shit, and take life one moment at a time together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Processing the Process. I'm your girl, Ness. Nice to meet you. Hey, how is it hanging? Season two, baby. We're here. Um, this is now going to be episode three, uh, emotion management like a G. Okay, not a G6. Let's make that very clear. Um, just a G, a regular gangsta gangsta. We're not trying to be crazy. We're just trying to be chill. So, <laughs> um, before we hop into that, I do have a little confession to confess here. Uh, I've tried sitting down and recording this very episode several times, but I'm, I feel like I'm learning a little bit about myself here um, in terms of, you know, the things that I want and the product, I guess, I, I want to produce. So part of that is also like kind of creating more structure for myself when it comes to recording because... I mean, prior to probably today and prior to um, our first uh, episode back for season two, I kind of just sat down with like the topic and then just kind of rolled with it. And in some ways it was super, super good and I was super proud of it. But then other ways it kind of hindered me from, you know, posting some episodes because I was like, Vanessa, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? It's... I honestly think it's because I get a little too toasted sometimes. I like to get myself a little a little baked before I get on here so I can kind of release some emotions and talk a little slower. Um, but uh, sometimes the opposite happens when I get a little too elevated. So we're keeping that in check. Um, today we have just just this smidge uh, and we're gonna we're gonna dive right in. Before actually we get started today and we talk about emotion management, um, I did want to share. <laughs> I did want to share. I'm so excited about it. I have been following a creator, an artist and creator on TikTok uh, for about a year now, I think. Um, And she, I think it's she. I want to make sure because I definitely called them a she on my Instagram stories. Um, But I'm pretty positive that it's a girl. Anyway, she makes like, I don't know, very nostalgic art, I guess, that kind of reminds you of another time, a softer time. Um, it reminds me at least like just, I don't know, like you have to see it. It is just super cute. It's like teddy bears. It's like little bears. I don't know. It's like it's like little animals doing everyday things. And my favorite thing in the world is when she puts fucking rain boots on a little ducky, bro. It is the cutest thing in the world. So um, I, I've just been watching her create and, and make things. And then I saw that she was making like coloring books. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And like, I don't really buy a lot of things off of TikTok because that's how capitalism gets you there. But um, I definitely... I definitely pressed that link several times to just maybe think about it. 
Um, and it, I, I, I remember not really doing anything with it and not buying it for a little bit. And then I kept seeing that every time she'd have these releases of these um, coloring books, they just sell out. And that's that's fucking impressive. Um, and same things with any like small business. Like, you sell out, that's impressive. So the power of TikTok, the power of social media, I don't know what it is, but I, it's, it's amazing. And I hope that she has more success in the future and it just doesn't stop. From here, I just hope it just fucking skyrockets, you know. So anywho, uh, I finally bought it. I think it was my inner child finally was just like, give me your debit card. I'm buying it right now. Um, and so she did, or so I did. And um, I've been waiting for it. And bitch, it came in today. And I took today as a sign, so maybe let's record. Who knows? Um, so I'm super, super excited about that. She uses a specific like marker set that you can get on Amazon, so <laughs> that is currently in my cart. I haven't bought it yet because, you know, I tend to sit on purchases, but that is going to be my next, <laughs> my next purchase in regards of just, you know, hanging out with my inner child. Like I love coloring. I've always loved coloring. Um, it was an activity that I would do just for fun and it would shut me up for a couple of hours. Like it just, I liked doing it. I liked completing coloring books. I felt very accomplished as a six-year-old, you know, like it made me feel pretty good. Um, and when my parents, we weren't doing financially well at one point in our lives, uh, especially in the beginning, um, and we lived with my grandparents, I would spend countless days and hours just hanging out with my grandma because she too enjoyed coloring as well. And she found some type of joy when she was coloring and my Disney coloring books too. So um, it never goes away, people. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. So if you enjoy something when you're little, chances are you're probably going to enjoy it when you're an adult. So We've talked about this before, too. Inner, inner uh, child healing um, for dummies. That's last season. one in Part one and two. We've talked about this before and making sure that we do certain things that we absolutely used to love to do when we were smaller. And then we bring it back. We bring it back into our lives. Um, and then we see what happens. We see what kind of feeling is sparked from that. And, and if it is a good feeling, if it's a safe and warm feeling for us, maybe we should continue that and... and in hopes to kind of, you know, mend our adult selves that has been beaten, (laughs) beaten and battered over the last couple of years. So anyway, super, super excited for that. Um, And also just, if you're like me with coloring books, uh, I mean, there's a part where adult coloring books was like everywhere. I mean, it was just a thing. Everyone was like fucking buying adult coloring books. But the thing that I didn't really like myself was like, don't get me wrong. Love mandalas. I think they're beautiful, but it's almost like an overwhelming coloring book experience if I have to paint or I have to, I have to, I have to like, I have to color this giant mandala with all these colors or with four colors. Like, I don't know. My mind just kind of like, I don't know what colors go where and I really wish I did. So it looks nice. Um, and I know it's all about creative passion there and you just go with the flow, but my, my brain overthinks everything. So it would overthink the crap out of very complex coloring books. So, um, with me loving, uh, Bobby Good's art and then seeing that she's making a, she made a coloring book out of it. I was like, oh my God, yes, yes, sign me up. Um, and I finally, I finally bought it about a couple of days ago and it arrived. So just very, very excited. Um, if you're into that kind of stuff, she definitely does. She does a lot of drops. So, 
um, definitely check her out. She's on TikTok. I think it's um, Bobby Goods Art on TikTok, as well as um, Instagram. I think it's the same at handle as well. So check her shit out. Um, and she has stickers and she has like tote bags, bitch. It's, it's just, it's fun. It's just, it's cute. It's adorable. And I know where the colors should go. Like it's a scenery and I can think about it and I can visualize it. And I know exactly what colors I want, you know, versus just this abstract mandala that is like level 59 of expert mode coloring. So, (laughs) So that's like my big win for this week with my inner child, although she is she's struggling at the moment, but she's okay. She's hanging in there. I think she she just like I mentioned before, she gets overwhelmed with complex things and intricate things. And we can apply that to daily lives, too. And especially when I like my life starts picking up and I get I become more busy. Um, it's exciting. But there's a part of me that kind of gets overwhelmed by all the stuff that's happening around. And that is the smaller version of myself. So um, in that way, she is struggling, but it is okay because we're taking it one day at a time because that's all we can ask of ourselves. Correct, correct, correct. Awesome. Anyway, moving the fuck forward. Today, we're going to be talking about emotion management like a G. So basically, your feelings, fears, and worries are absolutely valid. Okay, Step one is accepting that they are, Um, but managing them is to also accept them. So, yeah, what does that mean for us? They're all valid, but in order for us to learn how to manage them all in a very smooth way, um, we got to accept them first. We have to, like, acknowledge that they exist. We have to acknowledge that they're there, and we cannot avoid them. I feel like we've also talked about this last uh, last season, but I'm gonna bring it back. Vanessa, sometimes they're super lame and unbearingly painful. It's just all in all, it's just easier to avoid, to push away, and to not feel at all. Yeah, I completely agree. And listen, I know I've played that card for probably a decade, and. Uh, for, for, I mean, just for someone who has lived through it a little bit, just had a taste of it versus like living with that for more than one decade. Um, it's not fun. Uh, you're left with a puddle of yourself on the ground and there's nothing much to you. So yeah, (laughs) I also understand how easy of choice it could be to avoid, um, to just push away and to like choose not to really focus your attention on it. Um, But like any uncomfortable situation, the last thing we want to do is venture farther into that initial feeling. I mean, like like any other uncomfortable situation, uh, the last thing we want to do is venture farther into that initial feeling, right? Uh, So we don't, or we choose not to. However, when it comes to our inner work, it's feeling uncomfortable just fucking it's part of the game baby like you gotta this is where you nut up or shut up you fucking strap in whatever metaphor you want here but this is when you start doing inner work you're saying yep yep i i see that i got a lot of shit going on inside so uh all right gotta put my safety goggles on my helmet on put my fucking i don't know crocs on a four-wheel drive and just fucking go you know accepting accepting the mission However, when it comes to inner work, right, feeling uncomfortable, it's a necessary part 
of real growth, that uncomfortable feeling, that venturing into the uncomfortableness. <laughs> let me let you in on a little secret, okay? Avoiding pushing away and opting to not want to feel uncomfortable feelings, fears, and worries makes the whole process way more painful than it needs to be. <laughs> In that way, we're almost like self-sabotaging. You know what I'm saying? We push it away. We're just like, no, no, no. You're almost pushing it on your future self. It's a, it's a problem for your future self to have, not your present self, which is, I guess, fine for some things. But like, come on. What about helping your future self out here? Whatever. Um, so all in all, like, just stop making it so hard for yourself and and just like learn like let's get into it let's like learn how to fucking emotion manage all right I think the number one reason why people don't start their inner work journey is because it's I mean it's absolutely terrifying to lift the lid and peer inside of us we don't know what will happen how we will feel or what we will even remember from what we've suppressed over time. And I think that is what's super fucking scary. So it's just easier to carry on and pretend we aren't affected by our pasts. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> how long do you think you can carry that torch until you have nothing left to keep it burning? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got no more gas. It ain't got no gas in it. First and foremost... You're not alone. Everybody that is anybody, everybody on this planet, we all have this. It's all a part of us. It's up to us how we manage it because we're human and time goes on. So we get older and we start collecting experiences like fucking rings. Good experiences, bad experiences, they're all with us. We take them wherever we go. If you're alive and breathing, then you know that everyone has shit. This was our first ever episode for this podcast. Everybody has shit. Baggage claiming for show. And whether or not they choose to deal with it, it's completely up to them. But regardless, there's many of us on this road trying to figure us out. And at times, it can feel isolating. But please, like, if there's one thing <laughs> you need to know here is that the deeper you dig the closer you get to building a stronger and lasting relationship with yourself. The people who are choosing to do this are probably the people around you who are, you know, going to therapy and who are making the changes in their lives and who have changed in a, in a, in a better way over the last couple of months that you've noticed. So you're not alone. If you're starting this, if you're on this, please know you're not alone. There's so many, there's so many people doing this with you right now. So, okay, now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way, we've called it like it is, we're acknowledging the shit out of the shit that we have, <laughs> it's time to acknowledge it. So, so how do we manage our emotions and process our shit? Well, first off, like I mentioned before, we need to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge the existence of your feelings, fears, and worries. Obviously not all at the same time, because that's like, that's a lot, but... Rather, focus on the immediate singular feeling, fear, or worry. When we choose to acknowledge it, we are consciously being aware of it. Whatever it is, it's there for a reason, or maybe it's not. Either way, you see it clearly. You're calling it as it is. 
The second thing we need to do is accept it. After we acknowledge its, its existence and that it is standing in front of us, we have to accept all of it for what it is. Most people hate this step because accepting a feeling that is like super uncomfortable or a memory that's uncomfortable, it's, it's downright frustrating. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It's the last thing anyone wants to do. But that feeling, experience, whatever, <laughs> it's a part of you. And it's coming from a place not yet identified. And it's worth investigating further into. This part of you is in direct communication with your inner self. We accept these feelings, fears, and worries because they do exist within. So because they exist, because you see them, because you're calling them out, it's now to accept the entirety of it. Accepting means to love, right? So that means you're loving even the most hard-to-love, hard-to-look-at parts of you. The third thing with emotion management is, so we have acknowledge it, we have accept it. Now the third one is lean into it. This is where we make like Mystery Inc. and motherfucking look for clues, brother. We see it, we accept it, and now it's time to find comb it out. What is this feeling? What is this fear? What is this worry? Where is this all stemming from? Because it all stems from somewhere. Like, let's just get that out there. <laughs> When we question our thoughts, feelings, fears, worries, we are consciously putting the brakes on in efforts to resolve something that's happening within. Let me say that again. When we question our thoughts, feelings, fears, and worries, it's like we're consciously putting the brakes on our thought process in efforts to resolve something that is happening within that we really don't know what's, where it's coming from. But it's we're trying. <laughs> We're questioning why it's there and what we can do about it if we can do something about it, okay? Are you, are you still, I hope you're still following me. <laughs> After we lean into it, it's time to filter because we have feelings, thoughts, and concerns, and worries. Listen, they're all over the place, right? So if this is one of those things where you're just being attacked by all of them at the same time, this is what we do to filter, okay? And by filter, I mean this is where we sift through the feeling the worry, the fear, we ask ourselves, hey, hey, is there a chance this is kind of irrational or impulsive? Are there any worries that we can do anything about right now? If not, then we let those go and we focus on the real issues here that need the attention, okay? We have thousands of thoughts per day and sometimes those thoughts are simply just thoughts. They don't really hold that much value. Other times, there are direct alerts from our inner self desperately trying to get our attention to do something about it. Once we get rid of the random thoughts and worries that cloud essentially our path towards really seeing the issue, it's almost easier to access. Filter your thoughts, right? Find the outliers that don't serve you in this moment and let those go. So we're going to do a really like a big example of all of this. And I'm really hoping I can kind of paint a picture for you so you can um, see an example, see the steps, and then possibly maybe apply this to your own uh, emotion management and what you do for yourself. After we filter it, so we're left with the ones that we have to immediately focus on, right? So once those are the left, you've probably heard the phrase sit with it, right? This is the stage. <laughs> you sit with it. If you have never heard that phrase, um, basically it's, it's, 
this is where it gets a little hairy. Once you get past the whole accepting thing, right? This is it. Now we got to sit down. We got to feel that shit. We got to we got to dig our fingernails into the dirt, man. And we got to hold on. (laughs) This is where it gets a little gnarly. Um, Now that we acknowledged, accepted, leaned into the uncomfortable and filtered our shit to the singular fear or feeling or whatever it is, it's time to just chill out with it. This is where we have the opportunity to brain dump. Uh, If we have a pen and paper, we can literally just spit it out, like whatever it is, fucking bullet points, bitch, like down, 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 everything that is in the brain, just dump it all out, literally throw up on a piece of paper. This is, this is the perfect opportunity to do that. If you don't have a piece of paper in front of you, I wish, I mean, I'm sure you can, you I feel like you could find one. (laughs) Another uh, opportunity to, you know, obviously when you start to feel this, right, brain dumping, right? This is a step where we can brain dump. But this is also where we could talk to a friend or we can bring it to a counselor or therapist and um, be given the environment to actually feel whatever this is. You know, if that means to cry some well-deserved tears or just spend some gentle time and reflection with yourself... I mean, whatever it is, like, this is it. This is the time we feel it. And and if you're by yourself, you do not have a pen or paper, you're not around a friend, you're not in a therapist, it's time to think about, like, what you can do to support yourself here. You're feeling it out. You're feeling all of the emotions. So what can I do to help myself out from a logical perspective here? If you're like me, right, I personally need to process it in a way where I can clearly see it all in front of me. Beginning, middle, end. My idea of journaling is what I call brain dumping, which means exactly what you think it is. It's the act of metaphorically and physically dumping out your head thoughts. I personally, I, I personally found this super helpful when anxiety makes me feel like my thoughts are frantically running around my brain, like that one episode of SpongeBob where he doesn't remember his name because they accidentally shredded it and the whole fucking office is on fire. That is my brain. Um... <laughs> In order to avoid burning filing cabinets and, and complete office hysteria, I, I take all those thoughts and I just dump them out in a journal or a piece of paper, right? Sometimes those thoughts just need to be seen, and, and other times those thoughts or feelings just need to be assessed further. They need to be dived deeper into. Either way, it makes it easier to kind of figure out where I need to put my energy, right? Uh, plus the simple act of just unloading physically, you know, that does wonders for the brain. Give it a try. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's multiple steps in this emotion management that's a little hairy and that's kind of uncomfortable. Um, and this is yet another one, obviously, because, you know, we don't want to feel this part. Um, because more times than not, it's it's always just kind of pretty painful. You're expecting this feeling, I mean, you're experiencing this feeling on full blast, right? You're allowing yourself to go through the works. You're in the thick of it, and that's completely okay. Part of learning to understand yourself better is to willingly and compassionately sit with yourself through all of it. You're letting the feeling run its course as it has its own natural process, okay? You're kind of letting it be, letting it rock. Again, 
doing what you can to support yourself in that process as well. I urge you and I encourage you to stick with it. Everything we experience and feel, it's it's temporary no matter no matter how how intense and how long you've already been feeling it. There will always be a break and there will always be an end even if you can't see it right now. And the last part here after we feel it all is to finally at its time release it. I I understand that we can't <laughs> We can't release mental illness. We're accepting that too. We, we get it. But we can release the stuff that doesn't serve us here. When we process our shit, we allow ourselves to have the choice to learn from our process and then let it go. Did we learn anything here? Did we make deep connections from our past to our current learned behavior? After sitting with it and making peace with it, can we release it? Some things we, we can't, but... There's many that we could. Releasing is also acknowledging your human capacity. It's, it's accepting the fact that you are human, and although you are mighty, uh, you're tiny. <laughs> and you're just trying to live your human experience. You're one person. You don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders because it's slightly impossible, brother. Like, you can't. The pressure you apply on yourself can be eased up. So you do what you can. But that balance demands mindfulness of your own capabilities. It's accepting that you can only handle so much, and that's okay and allowed. Obviously, emotion management uh, and feeling management and fear management and anxiety management and just you management isn't easy. And I, I applaud you for even listening to this podcast today. I applaud you for contemplating whether if this is something that you'd like to do for you. I'm proud of you for wanting to face the uncomfortable parts of yourself. I think the bottom line of this episode here is that if we care about our survival enough to get our hands dirty, if we care about our friends and family enough to work on how we treat ourselves so that we can treat others, learn to treat others, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we care about our friends and family enough, we should care about how we treat ourselves so that we can treat others better? I don't know. Like, it's all connected in some kind of way. You start to form a different type of relationship with yourself, a more loving one. It tends to kind of bleed into your other relationships. Relationships can become stronger or they dwindle off because you realize you're worth so much more and you're pouring that into yourself as well. If we love ourselves enough to put the work in, we can create pretty lasting change. And, and this applies not only to emotion management, but I'm also talking about you know body image issues. I'm talking about eating disorders. I'm talking about bad breakups, like you name it. Whether you know it or not, real change begins with you. And over time, those conscious decisions, they make ripples and they will extend and touch everything and everyone in its path, meaning exactly what I mentioned before. We work on ourselves, we give some time to ourselves, we learn about ourselves, it will start affecting others somehow in its time. 
a better a better example actually of of this would be um, a breakup right we have all been through a breakup we know what it feels like so a good prime example of this uh, would be a breakup the first part of it right this is a feeling you're acknowledging the fact that this feeling exists so whatever feelings come forward with breakups long-term breakups short-term breakups it's it's this loneliness is is am i'm not good enough kind of thing i am not you know what someone wants um there's a lot there's a lot that goes on internally here um, but we're accepting we're acknowledging actually we're acknowledging that this has happened and this is I'm feeling a certain way, and yeah. <laughs> the next part of that would be accepting it. All right, yep, that happened, and now I'm real sad, and I feel really lonely, and uh, I also am fearing that I'll never find someone who is going to love me the way that I need to be loved. So we're accepting it. We're accepting the heartbreak. We're accepting that those feelings of feeling alone and feeling not good enough. Now we're going to lean into those feelings, right? Because most likely if it's coming up within us, like if we just randomly get sad um, and we didn't like, it's been like a week since the breakup, it's been two weeks since the breakup and it, it, this feeling is coming up again. This is when we start to lean into it. We look for where is it coming from and obviously has a connection to your breakup, has a connection to a heartbreak. Um, is it, is it like, can we do something about it? Um, and then you can always like the filter part with this is, am I feeling sad because of this breakup that happened X amount of days? Or am I feeling sad because there's so much on my mind right now in terms of just being an adult, my brain's going a mile a minute and I'm thinking of too many things at once. Is that what's happening? And so in here, in this stage, we're filtering we're trying to figure out what it is and if we can get rid of some of the things that have nothing to do with what's going on right now. The next part is feel it. So now we're fully feeling this isolated feeling, this, this isolation, this loneliness, this, you know, sadness. It's, it's a loss. Breakups are not easy, no matter if they were small breakups like very like short term or long term it's it's always painful someone is always hurt there is a heart that is always broken so this is where we feel it i i'm unhappy and i am sad and i just want to feel better but right now this feeling of loneliness this feeling of heartbreak is here and I gotta sit with it. That is the feeling part. And it's only after we felt this fully and just, and then within the feeling part, we can offer support to ourselves. So just because we feel heartbroken, right? Just because we feel lonely, you know, doesn't mean that we need to give up on taking care of us. I, and, and I understand the first couple of days, like you go ahead and you lay in bed, you do whatever you need to do to support yourself in that way. But um, your girl still needs to eat. You know, you, you still need to take a shower. You still need to brush your teeth. This is where you can almost split yourself in two and nurture the side of you that's hurting 
by doing what you can to support that person. So if that means, you know, my heart is really heavy right now and I really haven't eaten all day, but I really don't think she has the energy to like make a full course meal because she just doesn't feel okay in her, in her heart, in her mind, then maybe I will order food <laughs> or I'll have a friend, I'll ask a friend if she's hungry um, and get replenishment that way. And even if you don't want to be around anyone, I mean, I know you can figure it out. Just, just, just eat. Just, and know you don't feel like eating, but think of the one thing, the one meal, the one food that sounds really good to you that you would eat regardless of how you are emotionally feeling. And if there isn't one, then you're lying to yourself. <laughs> Mine's always pizza. So if I'm sad, I'm going the pizza route. And I'm going to get that for myself. I'm going to give myself some substance. This is how I can support myself in the feeling and the feeling phase. After the feeling phase, we have the option to release whatever that is. And this is its own time. This, this one, two, three, four thing, it's not it's supposed to be 24-hour turnaround. This is, it's as, your process is as slow as this goes. It is completely up to you and whether you would like to release this or not. But this is just how we have to manage it until we can. Releasing is just this feeling no longer serves us. Or this feeling is still a part of me, but you know what? I release the, the bondages it has over my life because I can start over. I can pay attention to me and I can love me the way I need to be loved. I can show me what it's like to be loved correctly. I can pour a little bit extra into taking care of myself because I now, I can. And how exciting that is that? Once we get past the whole feeling of heartbreak and loss, there's this beautiful rainbow that is always at the end for you. And it is, and it is a feeling that if you're, if you're willing to take your time and actually experience it and then instead of jumping into another relationship because I've done that too as well and I know several of my friends who have experienced that too you'll see this little rainbow this little rainbow of just I made it I made it I made it through the heartbreak I made it through the loneliness I mean I still get lonely don't get me wrong but I made it and I'm still standing I'm still me and if anything I've learned how to support myself better than anyone could ever before this very moment. So I don't know, battle scars, if you will, like you're fucking coming back from war and you're like, yeah, I got this sick ass scar on my leg from, you know, this crazy combat thing. Um, and it's dope. Anyway, that is basically emotion management. And I understand that it, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. And it takes a little bit of practice and patience, but I promise you, um, it helps. It really, it really does. Now, will this get rid of your anxiety? Will this get rid of your depression? Will this get rid of the feelings that are hard to look at? Absolutely not. It won't. There's nothing in this world that can, that can erase our feelings and our experiences from the back of our, from our brains. There's nothing in there. But it's all about how we can learn to hold hands with it, how we can hold hands with it, we can manage it, we can move with it, fluid-like, 
that's what this is all about. Accepting who we are, loving who we are, and doing what we can to support us, even in the most darkest of times. So, that is emotion management. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I hope you learned something. I hope you're writing shit down. And if not, totally cool. Totally cool. They will circle back later. (laughs) You are not alone. And it's going to be okay. I love you. You love you. Even when I know you think you don't. You do. And I'm proud of you. Keep going. You got this. And never stop processing your shit. Okay? Bye.